Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I don't know if he wants to take the credit he deserves, but I think our very own Ben Byram, who's become kind of the center of the IBX Media Group universe now, a very important member of the, uh, not just the show, but uh, not just the station, but the whole stinking operation here. Just call me a utility guy. No, you're you're... Practically a suit now. Ah, shucks. Not so, quite. You don't want to be a suit. I don't know. I like suits. Suits are nice. <laughs> uh, first, we say hello. There he is, Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Jay Sunholder abruptly bringing uh, the, uh, the the music leading up to it. And boy, these uh, pictures out of Brunswick County. Did you see this? This tornado that went through there last night? Sad. Oh, my God. It's awful. I mean, just devastating. Before uh, I set up and posted up at the Working Man's Beach, Surf City, I would go frequently down to the beaches of Brunswick County and uh, vacation in the summer. But uh, now I can go whenever I want, and I hardly go. Blame my wife. Uh, We have uh, a great show for you today. Some major Panthers news. Uh, Some major news as it pertains to ECU basketball. And uh, we'll also have Patrick Stevens on to talk about uh, major news coming out of Durham yesterday and uh, what we're looking at with the NCAA tournament. Uh, Ben, where to start? I guess the the, the first thing is ECU. Yeah. It came out this afternoon that uh, because of COVID issues that that continue to persist, uh, the Pirates will not be playing a game Sunday uh, against Wichita State. That game now has been canceled not once. Well, postponed, not once, but now twice. Uh, we have uh, Pirate Baseball now going to be on 94-3 the game throughout the weekend. There's going to have to be some moving of games uh, when uh, Sunday because of uh, basketball and baseball conflicts. But now uh, you'll hear the entire broadcast, as you will uh, the majority, the vast majority of which. Uh, on 94.3, the game throughout the season. Every pitch, uh, every inning, every game. 4 o'clock, uh, Rhode Island is coming in for the uh, season opener on Friday. 3.45 airtime. So uh, we'll be uh, telling you a little more about the Rams tomorrow. We'll hear from uh, Coach Godwin some of the players on Thursday. And uh, more to get you ready for the uh, season opener for the nationally ranked Pirates as they uh, begin the 2021 season. Several months since they played uh a game where it's not been the purple and gold scrimmage. So I know they're excited to get out there. If you missed our uh, uh, look inside the baseball program with our uh, visit inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, that's available on our website. Lots of great response to that. It's a podcast we'll be doing every Monday, 943thegame.com. Uh, Gavigan Agency and uh, Carolina Digestive Diseases bring you that uh, particular uh, podcast each week. And uh, we'll play the uh, vast majority, if not every 
note of that for you on the Patrick Johnson Show on Mondays. Again, lots of great response, and I appreciate uh, that. Uh, is there's a great deal of interest, as there always is, in uh, Pirate Baseball. Okay, off the ECU thing, now out to Charlotte. Major news coming out of the uh, Carolina Panthers today. I guess the Kawan Short thing is not... When you look at the, the just the cold, hard numbers of the NFL, that's... That's I mean, kind of expected. Well, yeah. At some point. He's played in just five games the last two years. He's a little older, 32 now. He, he was going to turn 32 here soon. Hasn't really made much of an impact when he has played, to be honest, in those five See, I games. disagree. I th- well, of those five guys, I thought you meant. No, not, I'm not saying beforehand oh, okay. with the Super Bowl run well, and the been, years afterwards. He's been hurt. But... He's been hurt. And when you get hurt and you're older, it's a little tougher to. Oh, you'll find out, Ben. Oh, hey, well, NFL's find... a business, so, I mean, yeah, yeah beat it. But uh, let me see. What is the? There's all. There's been a little disparity in what the number is going to cost uh, the Panthers and not, uh, because there's dead cap space. It does save them some money on the. Ca- I think it's four mil in dead cap, and they save eight mil. I think you're right on that. It's twelve and a half. Yep. was the base salary. Yep. There was some reportage earlier that it was something like twenty one million, but I think they. I don't it was probably they, David Newton. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the big hen. There he is. Oh. Say hello to the big hen there. Uh, no, well, we have David Newton news, or news provided by David Newton. Uh, but Kwan uh, Short uh, out at, uh, at uh, Carolina. Uh, but disruptive when he can uh, play and when he's healthy. So we'll see. Maybe he'll get back and uh, find somewhere of a landing spot. Does the big hen disagree with my assessment? I don't know. That was scary. What was he? I don't know. He just walked in here. He was looking over my shoulder. I think he heard the suits comment. That is, is that what he, it was? I don't think he appreciated he that. He wanted to see if you had a suit on, right? Uh, but 8.6 in a cap space, 12.5 uh, is the uh, base salary that he was uh, due. He'll land somewhere else because he'll. you now will be able to get him on a on a better deal. Yeah. And he'll wind up in somebody's camp. Cowboys. Most Cowboys move ever. <laughs> that, does, that would be a Cowboys move. Well, no, I mean, he's still, I mean, it's not like he's ancient. No, no. And he is still effective if. He can, if he can see the field. <laughs> if he can see the field, he's effective. There was the big joke today by some that uh, it's the continual effort by David Tepper to totally rid uh, everybody who was on the 2015 team. Uh, I think this move the, was warranted. No, th- 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 like I said, there was a bit of a joke on that, but you're right. I yeah. do think this was a uh, a bit of a warranted uh, move, but uh, too bad for KK Short. In some ways, you've kind of forgotten he was part of the team the last couple oh, of yeah. years because he – I mean, honest to God, what was it, three games this past year, two games a year before? Just couldn't see the field. Remember him playing this past year? I don't think he did even play at all. I thought he played a couple games this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, Casey tells me he did. Well, if intern Joe says he did, he did. Look up how many games he played this year, intern Joe, and and let us know. The last two years, how many games that uh, Short played. Now, now to the other news. And this is where I was giving you credit at the top of the hour. You're sort of. uh, I'm not sure if I want it. You're the great Kreskin. What did we say when the Deshaun Watson talks all started? I said Christian McCaffrey has to be involved. Because three games, by the way, according three to intern games. Joe. Okay. I was right. Thank you, intern Three Joe. games this year. Right. Yeah, three games this year. Five games the last two years. What I said. Ben Byram, I'm giving you credit now. Remember on the radio back what probably a month ago? Yeah. I said the Panthers, if they are serious about Deshaun Watson, because all the talk was Sam Darnold for – Watson, uh, it had to be a lot of draft picks, but it also had to be kind of a star quarterback. We said put Teddy Bridgewater in the mix, but 
you because that, that way you solve your quarterback problem by taking Watson on, and you yeah. you create somebody else's quarterback problem or quarterback problem for someone else more appropriately. But that probably wasn't going to be good enough. Now you take on. You probably need to just do a straight because we also debated on here and discussed on here. Maybe Bridgewater stay because Bridgewater. I think anything he's a suitable backup. Would you agree with that, Ben? Yeah, he's, he's a back, a, he's, he's a, a backup very for good, sure. competent sort of bridge starter in the NFL. It's a very agree? expensive backup. It is, but he's a backup. Do you agree with that, uh, intern Joe? Yes, oh, he's mumbling to himself right now. What's he he's... mumbling to himself? I saw him mumbling something. And what what are you mumbling to yourself over there, intern Joe? What are you discussing? Oh, he's far too expensive to be a backup. It'd just be like you know they'd be the same situation as uh, the Falcons with Matt Ryan. They might have the quarterback, but you got to play Matt Ryan this year, and we would have to pay Teddy Bridgewater this year. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong. I like how he also said we, as if he's in the front office with, with the nut David Tepper making this decision. His boy Philip has season tickets. I know. When you get season tickets, you can start using we. All right, so there's a report from ESPN's Panther Beat reporter. Who is? David Newton. David Newton. Who is a liar. Now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Don't go on here and, and say that. We Don't slander the guy just a fact i mean it's been proven that the guy's a liar well don't call him a i mean you there's a better way to put that because liars are very tough he's not very truthful so you're saying he runs with rumors maybe more often than facts no he just straight sub uh yeah he just straight sub uh manipulates the truth just tells you things that are just not true oh my god hit the dump he's not very smart about it he was the guy that got into a back and forth with um MCM, right? CMC? CMC, I'm sorry. Come on, P-Man. I know, God. (laughs) Dyslexia kicked in uh, with CMC, right? Yeah. So he is reporting. Or is this more of an opinion? This is is a a rumor. This is is going off hearsay off of what he said. So David Newton didn't say this. Some random guy said that David Newton said this. But David Newton never came out and officially said that this happened. Because I checked David Newton's Twitter account out. Have you seen and anything? And never saw it. Exactly. Now, as of this afternoon, I saw nothing on it. Uh, intern Joe, check and see if David Newton has since tweeted anything uh, about this in the last few hours. His screen's cracked. His fingers and thumbs are going to start bleeding here soon. Well, look, I, I nicked my <laughs> finger on the way into the, I got it caught on something out in the hall, and I've got a little a very minor. It's dangerous out there. It I mean, is. It's like an obstacle course a to get here. dangerous world uh, out there. But... Whoever this rando is, he's attributing to David Newton, who maybe has had some issues with all his facts being straight at times. That oh, he says he's got something on his Twitter. Now. Oh, he does now. Okay, all right. Let's go to Joe. Let's go to intern Joe. All right, this, what do you got to say, so intern Joe? It all started from an ESPN. They asked all you know. Every thirty-two team has their own beat reporter for ESPN. Right. Yes. He was asked to make a bold prediction, and his ah, bold prediction was that the yeah. Houston Texans would acquire. That he the fans find a way to hire a huge Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson and this run. Okay, this so run this there. so the plot thickens on this now, because if if he had to make a bold prediction, see the the rando who tweeted this left that out. Yeah, in so fair, in there's fairness, another rando line. In in fairness, to, well, no, it's people hear what they want to hear, but in fairness to your boy Newton, okay, he, he wasn't spreading misinformation this time. He was asked to make a bold. Can you read through the cracks? He was asked to make a bold prediction. Now. Intern Joe, you may were you here when we discussed this? I don't know. But Ben was the first person to say 
if the Panthers are going to get Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to trade Christian McCaffrey to do so. Yeah. Were you not? Yeah, I, I said that. I'd... And I repeated it on the air, yeah. and we discussed it. And I actually said I agreed with you. Now, I wanted yeah, adamant to, about that. I wanted him to throw Bridgewater in just to get rid of Bridgewater. I do too, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, no, that's a lot. For, that, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot. That's a big bite of the apple for Houston. There. Yeah. But uh, CMC for Watson straight up. I mean, I like it. I don't mind it. Do you? CMC is only a running back, but I think even if you don't have that starting caliber quarterback to head your offense. CMC can automatically make your offense very competent and at least have your offense score 20 points a game. He's that kind of player. Well, he's done that in Carolina. Oh, yeah. Went healthy. Offenses that should have never even scored maybe a touchdown in a game has been scoring three, four touchdowns a game because of Christian McCaffrey. Because of Christian McCaffrey. So if you're going to get a player the level of Watson, you probably want to get uh, a given elite player in return. Uh, And then some. As we all know, quarterback's probably the most important position in all of sports, probably. So let me ask you this. Did enter Joe mess with my headphone volume? It just went down all of a sudden. A minute ago. I did it. I oh, did, you it. did I didn't mean to. I, oh, okay. I was trying to adjust my I, volume. Oh, I see. And you turned mine down. I was wondering what was going on. I thought Joe maybe was messing with my volume. Joe's trying to fix this cut on his thumb because he's been... Because <laughs> he's bleeding yeah. out right now. But my point is this. The guy you just said has trouble getting his facts truthfully correct at times and you both have the same bold prediction what does that say about you ben byron this isn't a report this isn't a, a this is a, your opinion yeah this is it my was opinion. not newton's uh, opinion either oh report trust me either. if was... i was to report something i would be spreading misinformation just blatantly <laughs> lying about something that was on national tv <laughs> i mean we could share the same opinion all we want but right. i mean i can i can guarantee but you this, I'm not puts, gonna... this kind of puts you and him in the same you know uh, hey, he's he's dead on on that bold predi- prediction there. I think I, that's the move to make. I think that's what it would take, though, don't you? I don't. I don't think Teddy. Unless you really were just going to mortgage draft pick, but, but his bold prediction, uh, intern Joe looked this up, said something about McCaffrey and three first round or the first three picks or something. Three first round, three picks. first round yep. picks. That seems like a lot to. That is a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot to give up. I think that's what it's going to take. Unless you wait till after the draft, that it's not going to take anything yeah, close yeah. to that. You, you know? wait too long. Right. Yeah. It, well, if you're Houston, you'll you'll end up waiting. Too yeah. Long. And I I think Friday wasn't it in that we didn't ever get to this Friday, but Watson, uh, JJ Watts rather, no longer in uh, Houston. He's been flat out released. Oh. So I mean, they de- you know what they need in Houston, kind of a charismatic star, because between Watson and certainly JJ Watt, you had two. Faces of the franchise, charismatic star, a charismatic star. Yeah, CMC is a very bankable star, right? Yeah, the ladies love him. Commercials, your, TV loves him. Take your word for that. But yes, he is. In, uh, he commercials do uh, love him. He is a pitch man. Yeah, undoubtedly. Much different day than yesterday. Low of forty-six. That's the high for tomorrow. Low of thirty-one tonight. High of forty-six tomorrow. Good. It's gonna be twenty degrees warmer, colder tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, we're looking at rain, uh, possibility of a thunderstorm, high of 48, 90% chance of rain. Guess what? Another inch of rain's possible. Oh, boy. Showers uh, in the morning time Friday, it looks like, should be out of here in time for baseball as the Pirates open their season at Clark LeClaire, 52 Friday, uh, once the rain clears out. Currently 64 degrees.
with fair skies out at the airport. A timeout. When we come back, we're going to shift gears entirely. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament. Pirates, obviously, uh, having now a four-straight game postponed in their season as they deal with COVID issues. What does all this mean for conference tournaments? Patrick Stevens, D1 source, will uh, join us. We'll talk about that. And the big news that came out of Durham yesterday, Jalen Johnson's departure. I'll have some thoughts on that, get Patrick's thoughts as well. Dueling Patrick's when we return here on the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. 94.3thegame.com. Check out our podcast of the show there every day. It's posted usually uh, just moments after the show, the whole stinking thing. Uh, plus, you'll also find uh, episodes including the inaugural uh, inaugural episode of uh, Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin. Coach joins me every Monday. You can get it here first uh, in the morning time on Monday. Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center brings you that as well as the Gavigan Agency. Uh, let's go to the line here. Uh, contributor to the Washington Post at D1 Source on Twitter. Our great friend Patrick Stevens joins us. Always enjoy catching up with him. Hope you're well. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us here this afternoon, uh, Patrick. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you as well. Hope all is well with you. Yeah. Well, the big news, uh, Jalen Johnson departing from uh, Duke. As you said, the st- will he be remembered for the dunk in the Clemson game or the stat-stuffing performance against Coppin State? Steel yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that poor Clemson guy was a P.J. Hall. I yeah. think he'll probably remember <laughs> it for the dunk. Yeah, absolutely. So how is how do you think this will reflect as far as, uh, you know, GMs at the next level, personnel types, coaches? How are they going to view uh, Jalen Johnson in your estimation? Hard to say, and honestly, I don't. I'm not much of an NBA guy anyway. So I do know that we're probably going to hear about it endlessly on TV here over the next <laughs> few months leading up to the draft. Sure. And you know, whoever whoever is sitting here saying that they don't really care that he left or didn't leave or whatever will probably be sick of the fact that he did by the time June rolls around. So I think that's the safest thing that we can say there. There is a little bit of a, I mean, pattern might be an unfair word, but I mean, this is something he kind of did in high school, though. He, he sort of jumped around from, from place to place. Didn't play a ton in the NC State game. Only scored three points and played eight minutes. I'm not even sure he played the second half. And I'll be honest with you, I, I thought Duke at times, of course, you know, State's kind of given up on things, but I thought Duke at times looked really good without him on the floor on uh, on Saturday. Well, I, I think something that... that... Is is fair to say about his time at Duke is thirteen games. Is he wasn't a great fit for for what they wanted to do this year. It didn't feel that way. You know, he had the great game against Coppin, which we joked about a little earlier. He played well against Pittsburgh, coming off the injury, uh, and, and the rest of the time, you know, you thought he was going to be the best freshman of the bunch, and 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 maybe he was for their recruiting class, but he wasn't. He wasn't a game changing freshman based on the way that he played in aggregate over those 13 games, the way that so many of those other guys that have come through Duke over the last 10 years or so, uh, you know, Zion Williamson being pretty much at the top of that list, but you've got other guys like an Okafer and a Tyus Jones and a Justice Winslow, uh, Kyrie Irving when he was healthy. I mean, we can run down the list. Uh, he wasn't quite at that level. So you're right in saying he didn't play in the second half. I think he played only eight minutes uh, against NC State, I think he only got about 15 minutes or so against Notre Dame, uh, and and so you look at it. I I don't think that they're necessarily a better team without him, but I also don't know 
how much it's really going to hurt them over the course of the next month or so uh, as they kind of trudge through the last four weeks of this season. Uh, Patrick Stevens uh, at D1 Source on Twitter, a contributor to the Washington Post, covers a lot of basketball uh, around uh, the uh, the Maryland, Northern Virginia, D.C. metro uh, area, and uh, also takes his crack at uh, prognostication as far as the tournament field uh, goes. That, that's probably the toughest way to figure that out, or, or is maybe some of this now starting to come into a little bit of better uh, scope as, as we get close to the end. I mean, we're starting to get some teams that are nearing the – the twenty game threshold, so that's a pretty good body of work. Yeah, I think most team, you know, most teams, I think, are going to be okay with that NCAA minimum. Uh, not everybody, but just about everybody that's relevant has has pretty much gotten themselves across that line. And uh, I think we're at the point now where uh, you're not going to see quite as wild a set of fluctuations as, as you might have seen even a couple weeks ago. That said, it, if you have two really really good weeks, and I wrote about this a little bit today for the Post. If you're Mississippi, for example, and in the last uh, in the last two weeks you've picked off Missouri and you've picked off Tennessee and you beat Auburn for a second time, uh, all, all of a sudden you've gone from eight and eight to twelve and eight and made yourself pretty relevant. So there's still opportunities, I think, out there for teams of that sort to be able to make a push. But you know, there's obviously time running out and a little less uh, wiggle room to work with. We've got a game that's been added to the UNC schedule, uh, Patrick. Uh, they've added Northeastern. Now, I think for punishment for the players going to the party, including Greenville's own uh, Dayron Sharp, I think punishment ought to be they have to go play in the worst gym in America up in Northeast, uh, Northeastern. Uh, but but instead, Bill Cohn's team's going to come down to uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, for those that don't follow the Northeastern program, they you know they might have certainly, uh, if you're kind of an old head, maybe, maybe remember the late, great Reggie Lewis who played there. Uh, I think that was ECU's first ever uh, win against an AP-ranked team when they beat that Northeastern team in the late 80s. Uh, but uh, Bill Cohn's a hell of a coach. I mean, if Boston College had any brains, they'd hire him, but uh, we know they don't. And uh, But but uh, th- that's not going to be a slam dunk, if you will, for the Tar Heels tomorrow, necessarily. Bill Cohn has done a fabulous job at Northeastern, and they play in a in – a, uh... In a revered old gym, I think is a nice way to put it. Uh, Matthews Arena. They play in a hockey uh, rink. <laughs> they play. They play in a hockey arena. There's. There's also no getting around that. Uh, but you know, they've been. You know, you look at what Northeastern has done year after year, finding its way into conference contention just about every season. They've been to the tournament in 2015, 2019. Uh, they're eight and two in the league, a game behind James Madison this season. Uh, just a really good, smart team. And that's what you see year after year after year with them. Uh, Tyson Walker, the sophomore guard, uh, playing exceptionally well. I think he had, I think he was a bit, went for about 35 the other night, uh, 36 on Saturday against yeah. Towson yeah. Uh, in the first of two games against them. And so he's a guy Carolina's going to have to be on the lookout for, for sure. And Bill Cullen, also one of the great gentlemen of college basketball. Uh, and obviously spent time as an assistant at Boston College under Al Skinner. Uh, so, yes, uh, he, he is somebody that Boston College might be wise uh, to give a call to here. Uh, certainly a, a guy that's more than capable, X's and O's wise, of, of handling things uh, and was obviously responsible for some of the recruiting efforts uh, for some of those really good Boston College teams of 15 to 20 years ago. I know you got to get ready to go here. Uh, we, of course, pay keen attention to the American uh, ECU is in that. Pirates lose another game today to uh, COVID protocols within their program. 
for the second uh, uh, time this year. By all accounts, this looks like a, a one-bid league with, with Houston, according to some. W- what do you think? I mean, are you, do you believe that the American is a two- or three-bid, or is it just Houston and no one else? Yeah, I mean, I think Houston's the obvious team. The, the problem you have in, in that league is there isn't anybody else that's an overwhelmingly helpful victory. I mean, I think Memphis and SMU and Wichita State are somewhat helpful victories. Uh, but, but nobody else in that league right now uh, is going to raise anybody's profile a whole lot. So what they what the league really needs if 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 you're if you are somebody that is rooting for the AAC to maximize its exposure in the NCAA tournament, you want one of two things: one, use somebody other than Houston to win the conference tournament, mm-hmm. or two, one of Wichita, Memphis, and SMU to beat everybody up until they lose to Houston in the conference tournament. <laughs> So those, I think, are are the paths, and I think you look at a Memphis, obviously, in their own pause, having to deal with that. They they probably have the best profile of those other three teams in Wichita. The victory over Ole Miss, a a team I mentioned a little earlier, that's looking a little bit better by the day. Uh, SMU doesn't really have a whole lot on its profile. Uh, So, I mean, if you were to put put me on the spot, I'd say probably Memphis with a slightly better chance. Uh, but there's not much root margin for error for anybody in that league other than Houston the rest of the way. And uh, before we uh, let you go here, do you foresee conference tournaments being radically uh, smaller with the fields across the board, or is it a case by case? What, what's your sense on all this? Well, well, we're only you know we're only actually I was going through every conference about an hour or so ago uh, with their conference tournament setups. We're only a week and a half away from the first conference tournament games being played. The Horizon League. Has has set up its opening round for February 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think you look at you look at all these leagues. I mean, some of it's going to depend on if if teams either have the gumption or have the option or have the gumption with the option of being able to say, you know what, we're good for the tournament. We don't we don't need this conference tournament this year. Uh, I, I think for the te- for the sport for for the conferences that are televising their entire tournament on a linear network, there's going to be a lot of pressure to deliver that TV inventory. I mean, let's face it, that's largely why this season is being played, is to provide TV inventory. Uh, but if you're in a smaller conference and it's a, it's one-bid territory, I, I'm not sure there's not a lot of incentive not to go with like a four-team setup. That's what the Northeast Conference has done. They cut from eight to four this year, going with a semifinal and then a final, uh, just trying to get as many games in on the front end and then sh- just take the top four teams. So that's kind of where things stand at the moment there. Hey, Patrick, great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with us here this afternoon. Take care. Awesome. Have a good one. All right, there he goes. Patrick Stevens at D1 Source, contributor for uh, all things college sports to the uh, Washington uh, Post, one of the finest uh, uh, college sports writers uh, in the country. We appreciate him taking a few minutes with us uh, here. Okay, uh, we're going to get to our pirate report. Uh, Joe Dooley had a lot to say last night. Now, some of that was uh, not knowing what was going to necessarily happen with COVID tests, but here we go. Uh, the Pirates will not be playing their game, which was scheduled Sunday at Wichita State. Uh, ben Byram is uh, across the way, and Mr. Byram has uh, the deets on that and more with a 94-3 The Game sports update. And we have playoff hoops beginning tonight. Locally. All right, take it away, Ben. 
Ben Byram here for your 94th of the game sports update. We have some news from Pirate Football first as ECU gets a new commitment in Kinston Native and Temple tight end transfer Aaron Jarman. Jarman will have three years remaining of eligibility when he arrives in Greenville as a redshirt sophomore. During his tenure at Temple, Jarman played in 20 games, catching two passes for 21 yards and two touchdowns. From Pirate Basketball, the COVID complications continue as the Pirates' home game scheduled for this weekend against Wichita State has been postponed. This, of course, due to COVID issues within ECU. Rescheduling information for that game is yet to be determined. Pirate Winds Basketball also have had their game scheduled for tomorrow at Houston postponed due to inclement weather that may have an effect on the team's travel plans. Elsewhere in college basketball, UNC basketball has found a, a makeup opponent for their cancellation of their game against Virginia Tech due to COVID issues. The Orioles will now play Northeastern tomorrow, tip-off set for 7 o'clock. Meanwhile, Duke freshman forward Jalen Johnson has opted out of the remainder of the season to prepare for the NBA draft. The former five-star recruit is expected to be a lottery pick in the upcoming draft. Some games tipping off tonight. We start at 7 with 20th ranked Missouri traveling to Georgia. The Mizzou Tigers are favoring that matchup by three points with the over-under at 152.5. 24th ranked Arkansas hosts Florida. Florida Gators are the underdogs by 4.5 points with the over-under at 151.5. We have an American Conference matchup between Temple and Tulsa. The Corner Hurricane are four-point favorites with the over-under at 129 points. And wrapping up the action at 9 o'clock, 5th ranked Illinois battles Northwestern. Northwestern Wildcats are the 13-point underdogs on the road with the over-under at 144. We have plenty of local high school hoops in the area, but first, some news from Farmville Central. As their senior night that previously, canceled, that previously canceled due to travel restraints with Southwest Edgecombe will not be made up. They will not have a senior night. Nonetheless, they look to remain undefeated at 8-0 as they battle the betting Phil Bruins. Greenville, Greenville's own JP2 has a home playoff game against Wayne Christian, 73 Kinston. Hosts 5-6 North Lenore, 8-3 Dage Conley travels to 3-7 Eastern Wayne. 7-5 North Pitt takes on 2-4 Nash Central. 8-2 Southwest Edgecombe matches up against 2-8 North Johnston. And 7-4 Jay Trose battles undefeated 11-0 South Central. Wrapping it all up from the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are releasing two-time Pro Bowl defensive end Kawan Short. The move clears up $8.6 million in cap space for the Panthers. Elsewhere in the league, the Dolphins signed their all-pro kicker Jason Sanders to a five-year extension through 2026. And quarterback prospect Trevor Lawrence has had a successful shoulder surgery. If you're a 94th the game sports update, I'm Ben Byram. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Lots of news, including a local boy come home. Joe Dooley speaking, and no Pirate Hoops. Before we get to the Pirate Report, well, I'll just wait and mention the Twitter poll, because it was we've done Twitter polls. This one was a crushing Twitter poll. Uh, let's get to our uh, Pirate Report. Uh, Joe Dooley show uh, from last night, uh, and uh, we tried our best to to make these relevant given the news that uh, occurred, but this is what Joe had to say about uh, kind of the update on the program and everybody working through COVID. Uh, very good question. Uh, you know, we're still waiting. Uh, there's, there's a medical advisor group meeting right now. Still waiting on some feedback from them. Uh, we were able to do some individuals with some guys today, uh, you know, for a short period just to try to get them out. We had, you know, we, we've been closed down since last Wednesday, but we were actually off Tuesday. So they've been out for a little bit. So we were able to get in and do some shooting and a little conditioning today. And uh, to tell the truth, sort of waiting on some some uh, direction from, from the administration and from the league. Well, that decision was no go on Sunday for ECU's game uh, against 
Wichita State to be played in Kansas. Uh, the scenarios for a possible return. This, again, was from last night. That tells you how fluid this is, but I think some relevancy here as to when you could possibly see uh, games being played again for the Pirates in basketball. Yeah, I mean, the administration talks with the league, and essentially that that's where everything is dictated with, with, with their discussions. And, uh, you know, we've probably got three or four scenarios uh, that are pending. And, uh, you know, after we, we meet, I think we're going to speak tonight about 7.30 and, and run through some ideas and try to figure this out. Uh, and then uh, when you're dealing with this, there are times that you are uh, dealing with uh, kind of the reacclimation process. So not only are you dealing with uh, the program or guys being shut down because of COVID, but uh, then you have to give them some time to get back and uh, get their legs under them before they could really begin kind of uh, full boat practices. So it's quite an amount of time. This is Joe Dooley on that. Hey, and it's not just us. I mean, you see who else. I mean, I've, you know, Baylor shut down right now. I just saw Texas shut down again. Um, and, and, you know, now it's not just the shutdowns. It's then, you know, reacclimating the guys too. You know, you practice two days or you, you do individuals for a couple of days where it's just a person on a basket. So that's different than, you know, that's not the speed of the game and, uh, you know, since, you know, the middle, since the, you know, we've been shut down, what, 11 days now in the last, in less than a month. That doesn't count off days and day, you know, so other, and not having guys. And that's, that's been the weird part. And then I do think that, um, you know, re, re getting guys back to game speed and in a safe manner that they don't get hurt is, is a concern, especially when, you know, this has happened to us a couple of times. Okay, uh, Joe Dooley talking about the impact of COVID-19 and uh, the other injuries that the uh, Pirates have had to deal with you, you always wonder even in a non-covid year whether sometimes was it you know when you have three or four guys get hurt was it overuse what happened what are the context of the injuries and how did they occur i mean i mean that's the first thing that went through my mind with pig uh that being said you have no idea i mean you know and pig to pig's defense i mean he had been contact traced twice uh, early in the year so that was 28 days he was out then he was in covid protocol which is 16 i mean that was 44 days that that you know from you know, August through, uh, you know, January that, or, or, you know, early February that, you know, the poor guy can't do anything. And uh, then you say, hey, listen, let's go out and play Houston on, on, a, on a Wednesday. Yeah. You know, so there's not a high, in, you know, it's, that's not a high intensity game. And I mean, you, you wonder now, I'm not saying that's the cause, it, but you always wonder as a coach and, you know, if, if you know, but then you would wonder if, you know, if it was a non-COVID year, did something happen? You know, were, were we going too long or, you know, did we do too much contact in practice and, uh, you and I both know a lot of it's just, there's some luck to it. I mean, you know, guy steps the wrong way or guy doesn't step the wrong way and doesn't get hurt instead it gets hurt. All right, this is Tyree Jackson's injury update since uh, Coach was talking about Pig there. Well, he's going to have surgery on Thursday, so uh, he, his spirit's been great. Um, you know, his mom's going to come up and they'll have the surgery on Thursday and she'll get in here on Wednesday and take care of him for a couple of days. And then, uh, you know, he's he's on track to graduate, which is great news. And, uh, he, he he seems to be feeling a little good. He, he did not feel good for a couple of days. Obviously, you know, with, with the with the injury he's had, it does get sore a little bit. He has to elevate it, and I do think he's gotten a little bit more accustomed to it. And I think he's ready to get this thing pieced back together. And then the status update on the seven-footer Charles Coleman. Still on the shelf. I mean, we'll we'll probably start reevaluating. He's not able to do any movement stuff. He is able to do some stationary shooting, which is good news. Uh, but uh, you know that's a that's a situation, especially with big guys. Um, we're, we're fortunate that it was you know it did not break, and uh, that we're just going to be extra cautious with that. 
All right, uh, those are some of the uh, comments from Joe Dooley last night. Pirate basketball not playing Sunday against Wichita State. Let's play the thing on the academic situation. I want to hear a little bit about that. I think we have time to go through these last few cuts. So, yeah, academically how things are uh, going. We've got virtual and we've got hybrid. We've got some hybrid situations. Uh, we tried to minimize the amount and uh, you know of people in-person classes with, with, with this whole situation. And there are some hybrid situations where, you know, we got some – uh, we also have to zoom for some of our academic meetings and tutorials, so that's made it a little bit different. Um, some of the guys like it better. Some of the guys don't like it at all. Uh, you know, obviously it's, we're 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 a hostage of the time, so we do it. But I, you know, I'd prefer to keep our guys in class and in person, but that's that's not feasible right now. Okay, and then is the next thing talking about that about students on campus or? Okay, it says here players on students, not on campus. So I'll let you uh, play the cut and. See if I can decipher this. Go ahead. Well, I think it's it's different for all of them. I mean, I think some of the students are on campus or going in, you know, in the hybrid classes, whatever, whether it's 30% of the time or not. But I think it's just a different vibe. It's not a very energetic or lively vibe, which East Carolina is usually associated with. And uh, it's, you know, I, I think everybody, uh, not just students, I think probably about every all of us are, are ready for this to be over with, and I, especially the students, and, uh, you know, maybe get back to some normalcy, maybe, you know, hopefully in the in Okay, I see what he's saying there. It's not you. Right, yes, it's not the uh, lively campus that it normally is. Here's what we're asking Patrick Stevens, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how all this plays out, but what is going to happen with the conference tournaments? Uh, the American is being played at Texas. Now, if you had to play that there today, it wouldn't happen because well, I, ta- I actually briefly corresponded with someone I know out in Texas. They, they don't have power or water right now because of uh, the situation with the ice storm there. That's insane. It's crazy. Uh, so, and that's why the ECU women's basketball, they're not going out. They were set to go to Texas, but uh, really can't. Can't go to Houston. Houston's got major problems as a city. So uh, that game has been postponed. Uh, but anyway, this is Joe Dooley talking about the uncertainty of the conference tournament. That I don't know. And, I mean, I'm sure they're they're evaluating all those scenarios. And, I mean, the whole thing about it is, you know, usually I think coaches are, you know, known to be a little bit of a, stickler for detail or, or planning I, I think one of the things this has done for us is don't even you know in a lot of regards don't even plan because you can't there's so many scenarios that that there's so many variables you almost can't so you have to look here's what we're going to do here's how we're going to do it uh the league I, my guess would have some contingency plans uh, uh you know that's what we talk about the ncaa tournament because you have to have seven consecutive negative tests so i mean how are their contingency if you know school A is is disqualified from COVID? How are you going to get a, you know you going to have ten additional teams practicing on the side and they'll, you know if, if team A tests positive, well, okay, let's take one A out of the bubble and throw them into that spot. And you know so I'm I'm not necessarily sure how the league is going. You know the ADs and uh, you know the the off the, the conference offices have been talking about those contingency plans. I'm sure. All right, so that is uh, Joe Dooley from the Joe Dooley Show yesterday. Uh, other news, and uh, Ben reported this. Uh, the uh, former North Lenore Hawk, now a former Temple Owl, as uh, Aaron Jarman will transfer to uh, ECU and uh, play. And uh, probably a good idea for him to do that. No penalty in transferring. Won't have to sit out, so he would be uh, immediately eligible uh, to uh, play starting next year. Uh, also, uh, Pirate Baseball starting on Friday, season opener against uh, Rhode Island. We'll have the game for you 4 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game. 
Also, the game on Saturday, and because the Pirate basketball game has been postponed, uh, the Sunday game will also be heard here on 94.3, the game. We were uh, having to work through some uh, scheduling conflicts there, but uh, now if the weather cooperates, uh, we will be able to uh, see uh, about having all three games here on 94.3. The game Friday is starting to look a little iffy, if you believe uh, the outgoing Matt Engelbrecht here with his forecast on one of our vast bank of monitors. And uh, I'm sure if that's the case, they'll move the opener to Saturday. So we'll uh, stay on top of all that and let you know. You'll be the first to know. We'll have some additional comments from Coach and some Pirate players for you on Thursday's uh, edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. A uh, quick thank, or, or quick uh, congratulations, I should say, to Rob Maloney, the Conley AD. Uh, not only is Rob a great guy, uh, but he was recognized by the North Carolina Athletic Directors Association uh, as uh, one of their nationally certified athletic administrators. They only uh, have 12 of them that they honor, uh, and he is uh, one of those that was honored in 2020. Uh, for excellent servant leadership. Uh, Rob's a great guy, does a fine job coaching basketball over there, but also uh, is uh, just a lot going on with Conley Athletics, it seems like, all the time here in recent times that he stays on top of it. Uh, is there anything else with the Pirate Report? Did I, I got everything in with uh, as far as ECU news goes, right? Yeah, yeah, you covered everything. Yeah, we got it uh, done there in our Pirate Report. So we'll uh, come back, we'll wrap things up. Uh, we'll tell you about our Twitter poll. It was a landslide. Next. So this uh, lady uh, in Florida that we told you about, her dad, I guess, designed the Lombardi Trophy. Yep. Wanting uh, Tom Brady to apologize for tossing the championship trophy from one boat to another during the boat parade last week, right? Yep, she sure did. She's being called Karen Lombardi, right? Is that what some people are calling her online? Karen Ravel. I mean, Karen Lombardi. No. <laughs> so we put on the Twitter poll yesterday uh, at 943 The Game. Hey, why not uh, apologize? It'd be the right thing to do. Does this woman's owed an apology? Or no, Tom doesn't owe this woman an apology. The They're results good. of that poll are in. We get a good grasp of how many Karens are listening oh, to the show. Oh, gracious. Will you stop? How many people <laughs> voted and agreed with this this lovely lady that they needed to uh, apologize for dissing the honor of her father because that that thing could have wound up in the bottom of the uh, inlet there. Not even five percent agree with her. <laughs> Not even five percent. Right. What is it? What did it end up being? Ninety five. Ninety five percent believe she's a Karen, but it's like over ninety five percent. Yeah, it's a little bit over. I'm rounding. So it's here, like but... four point something percentage. Okay. Four point seven percent believe she's wrong. Well, there's you know, as as these sort of things go, that was a little bit of a landslide. Got a big as, female audience. At least yeah. we know that they're not Karens. There you go. That's true. Well, look, the woman I don't think so at anything. Do you? I I don't think she's make a new one every year, lady. Where were you when Gronk dented that trophy? Well, the other thing is this too. Boy, would she really be? I don't think anyone told her yet. Would she really be worked up over the Stanley Cup because that thing? He eat cereal out of it. Oh, it takes babies all kinds. In it. Yeah, I know that thing. That thing takes all kinds of. It's gross. I wouldn't touch it. Shows up in bars down at uh, Atlantic Beach when the Hurricanes won it years ago. By the way, your Canes are uh, your Carolina Hurricanes. Ben are they're balling. Whew, boy, they're a goal scoring outfit, aren't they? 
Yeah, they're 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 the goalies are not very good, so they're kind of <laughs> so they have their method score. ears. Let's just outscore the opponent. Oh, that's like, the All case. Right, if you dumb it down, that's perfect. So they were down uh, after the first period, three two to Columbus, and I thought, well, here yep. we go. Now the they're starting a five game homestand or come back to earth here a little bit, as it seems like in recent years they've always done. Nope. No ten. I woke up this morning ten to three. The final. It's unbelievable. We got a goal horn. I love it. I did get to say this when we had Patrick Stevens on earlier, and I and I, uh, the news of Jalen Johnson leaving Duke sort of broke after the show yesterday. So he leaves with three weeks to go. And, of course, it's being called a COVID pause. I think everybody's just trying to remain above board there. I have not watched a ton of uh, ACC, particularly Duke-UNC. I probably actually watched more UNC games than Duke games this year and, and watched State a little bit prior to their COVID pause. But I haven't watched those teams play. So my, my take Saturday was certainly NC State has just given up. They have two freshman guards. And they just, they're best players out. They've, they've fallen apart. They've waved the white flag, uh, certainly. And I, nobody's really saying that, but they just they look like a team who'd given up. There's a shot of the Duke bench at some point in that game Saturday, and everybody, including the guy who never plays, is up applauding into the game you know, really into it, cheering their teammates on the floor on, except Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's sitting with his head in his hand. He's over it. And I thought to myself then, that's what's wrong with Duke this year. That It's never good when your best player, and I don't know this for a fact, this is speculative, but it seems like that they're, he's not been happy all year. Yeah. He's a little bit of a malcontent. He's left his high school programs in the past. Uh, Seth Greenberg, who's usually a gas bag, Seth Greenberg actually <laughs> uh, kind of took him to task last night at halftime of one of the games, I think of the uh, Florida State-Virginia game, which, woo, the, talking about them Knowles, they uh, hammered UVA. I, they, uh, I was terrible in that prediction. I thought yeah, Virginia I, I was going to thought of you. Out. So I flipped it over there at halftime. I'm all excited. I'm, I'm going to watch the second half of the game because I've gotten through a little bit of 90-day fiancé with <laughs> the lovely wife, and now she's she's going to let me be. So you I paid can, your dues. I have, and I'm going to watch my ball. I'm going to watch my sports. And I'm thinking, well, this will be good. This will be a grinder, contrasted styles, and Virginia's getting boat raced. Yeah, Molly Wall. And I... Turn that off because I'm not going to watch that. And I thought when I woke up this morning, well, Virginia is going to, you know, they're crafty. They're going to come back. They're going to be scrappy. Make it like a 10-point game. Oh, no. Well, no. Wrong on that one, too. Uh, Tonight, you can watch Young Rock on NBC. Ooh. Otherwise known as Pebble. (laughs) That's the story of Dwayne Johnson. And it looks like a stinker. Oh, my God. Who cares? People need content now, Ben. Yes, I guess. People need content. No, they do. It's amazing. Bored. Let them out of their homes. I mean, there's too much stuff now for consumption. Uh, Thanks to Patrick Stevens. We'll be back tomorrow, midweek edition. Take a closer look at the Rhode Island baseball team. See you tomorrow.